the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the Thursday show. You know that means it is the date day edition of the Word to Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a program dedicated to taking your phone calls, answering your questions, Bible questions, life questions, whatever's on your heart. All you have to do is provide the phone call, 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. That's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And as always, if you're driving in the car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the call now banner at the top of the screen, and you will be connected directly to the studio producer. The most beautiful girl in Texas is in my office right now in the studio. Paula, welcome to the show. Thanks, babe. Did you hear that, or do you want me to repeat that? No, I, I didn't hear that clearly. I had these things on my ears, so you want to do it one more time? Go okay, ahead. Okay, yes. The most beautiful girl in Texas is in the studio here with me. Girl is the is the key word. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 reality of most beautiful, well, we, you know, but I'll take the girl. Yeah. Thank you. Are you questioning my judgment? Uh, no. No. Okay. T- yeah, thank you. Thank you. I tell people that all the time. When somebody gives you a compliment, just say thank you. So thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you, babe. But I want you to believe it in your soul. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot going on, Paula. We now, do. Just, I don't know what this show is going to turn out yeah. to be because I got a whole lot of stuff to talk about. <laughs> and you know how None I of am. it's connected. Huh? None of it <laughs> connects. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about, but maybe you don't. Well, let me, for the audience <laughs> sake, let me give some scheduling information. Pastor Ken will be uh, uh, taking over for me tomorrow on the program. He'll be here live at 4 o'clock, as always. Um, I'm going to be on my way early, early, early tomorrow morning uh, to um, the San Francisco area. Uh, I'm speaking at a men's conference and a pastor's conference up there. And then I'll be teaching in church uh, in Fremont, California, a good friend of mine. Um, but it's in Northern California, Calvary Chapels. And I'm really excited about going, other than the fact that I don't like really to travel and it's cold. Mm-hmm. I got terrible news when I got here. <laughs> got an email. The power is off. Now, the temperatures are in the 30s and 40s oh, my with 15 mile an hour winds and rain. Yeah. And just just let you know the power's off at the camp. So please pray. I have been praying like crazy. <laughs> I'm going to start fasting. Well, no, I'm not really going to fast. Yeah, no. But, but just I would appreciate everybody's prayers. And I'll be speaking four times um, Friday and Saturday and Sunday. So uh, I would appreciate you guys praying. Wanna, mm-hmm. Want to see what God wants to do in uh, Northern California. You just added to my list of what I'm going to talk about. Okay. Okay. I'm praising the Lord for Sam, who's going to pick you up at four o'clock in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) 
And I'm praising the Lord for Pastor Lane going with you, and I'm going to be right here in 79 degrees. Sam, Sam just told us he was, he was running errands today in one of the places. Somebody recognized his voice. Are you Sam from Calvary Chapel? Yeah. Did yeah. God put you in Pastor Ron's life? And he says, well, yeah. yeah. And she recognized his voice mm-hmm. and said really nice things about the ministry and what Sam was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just one of the nice things he's doing is he's the one picking me up at 4 o'clock so you can stay in bed. Oh, I know. I just love him so much. I probably won't <laughs> stay in bed, but I'm not going outside. Yeah. yeah. You'll stay I'll, in bed at 4 o'clock. You'll come back to bed. I'll come back to bed because I'll get up with you and stuff and, you know, kiss you and bye. And... Make sure I haven't forgotten everything. <laughs> yeah, please. <laughs> Thank you, Margaret, for recognizing Mr. Sam. <laughs> we love you. Thanks. Just his voice. Yeah, just his voice. That happens when the people come here after listening to on the radio. So mm-hmm. it kind of throws me off because they'll say, are you Paula? And I'll say, yeah, why? <laughs> <laughs> Looking around the church for another Paula, in case it's not a good thing, I can say, you mean that other Paula? But I mean, like the nice man who said uh, <laughs> a couple of Sundays ago, he says, oh, I can finally put a face with a voice. Uh-huh. And I said, oh, I'm sorry for the disappointment. <laughs> <laughs> you know. <laughs> Yeah, it's a fun life, though, right? So what's up? So I don't know where to start, Pastor Ron, actually. So let me see. Okay. Hmm. We'll start with, with Saturday, the father-daughter. Is that this Saturday, too? Yes. Because I know the Women's Clothing Exchange. Yes, both those Saturday things too. are so, Saturday. So the Women's Clothing Exchange is at 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. If you want to help out, come at 9. And then um, it goes until 2, I think. One, nine, 10 to 1. Okay, and then the father-daughter dance. Yeah, but but just, just for the women's clothing exchange. Yes, uh, we we would like to extend the invitation to anybody who needs clothing. Women, oh, yeah. uh, it's all ages of women. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe we should just call it the girls' department. But it's just all ages. Mm-hmm. You don't have to bring clothes to get clothes. True. But there's plenty of stuff, mm-hmm. and if you are in need of anything at all, mm-hmm. uh, you'll meet some wonderful people here who will be here to bless you here at the church, 10 o'clock on Saturday. That's right, and you don't have to be shy. Nobody's going to be watching about, wow, she took a lot of stuff. No, 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 that's the point. Yeah. And so come and just be free to get what you want seek ye first the kingdom of god and his righteousness and all these you know, other things will be added that's exactly you. right that's, that's that's like josiah going to the seamstress yes yeah. in the bible study yeah. so we'd love to have you mm-hmm. and you don't have to feel embarrassed shy mm-hmm. or well i don't really know anybody you you'll know everybody here in a minute yeah if you don't know anybody bring somebody you know <laughs> with you and you know her, and you can just talk among yourselves and bring your bring your daughters, because sometimes there's clothes small enough for girls, you know, in fact. So, please. Usually we have quite a lot of that. Yeah, yeah. And so. then the people just go into our restroom, and, you know, that's like the dressing room kind of thing. And it's really a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I used to go all the time, and uh, I might, I'll be here after prayer, so I'll probably go in and check them out. Okay, cool. Say hi. So, okay, so women's clothing exchange. And then at what time is the... Five o'clock. The father-daughter dance is at five o'clock. And that's father or and or grandfather. Yes. So, I mean, I think we had, they had the first one last year. And actually, Mr. Randy brought his granddaughter from Floresville. Um, <laughs> so I'm hopeful that, you know, he'll come again. But watching the videos of... Some of what happened at uh, last year's father-daughter dance was so fun. You know, the girls get all dressed up, and the, and the dads, you know, tie, nice shirts, and slacks. and It's just a really fun time. So please, fathers of all age, of all your girls of all age, there was little girls to girls who had already graduated from here. So it was kind of fun. So anyway, you're welcome to come. There's going to be, you know, little snacks. and Most of the girls, the little ones, you kind of huddle together and dance among themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, so and then here, here at the church on Sunday, Pastor Ken will be teaching okay. uh, while I'm in Fremont, California. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, you'll be blessed by what the Lord's put in his heart. Um, 
before you get into, you had a question that was sent and stuff. I want to talk about our morning a little bit. Oh, yes, for sure. That was so oh, one cool. more thing, the retreat. It's still on, and if you want to sign up, register right away, but we're running out of moat. I think I'm probably running have run out of motel rooms so there's dorm rooms left but most of the people have requested the dorm rooms cool. it's really yeah they want to be together and so and uh, you said you have how many coming so far 245 but about 20 so, percent you know something will come up or yeah. whatever there's room there's room oh there's always room coming up in two weekends i think right mm-hmm. i think so yeah March 9th. February always goes to mouth because it's such a short month. Yeah. So. It's so fast. Yeah. So anyway. Okay. So this morning, you know how we get up. Lord, you know, help us be a blessing to other people as we go. And when I go to the kitchen and my phone is on the kitchen table on Thursday, it tells me where we're going. <laughs> I'm like, And I start to talk to my phone and say, you are all up in my business just a little bit too much. <laughs> like it's Thursday. That's. That's the day, Thursday yeah. and Saturday. Cause what we if we to want to change our mind? Siri says, you never change your mind. I know, but the one time we talked about it, it came up on my phone. Somebody's listening all the time. So anyway, <laughs> it said to where we go, um, it's only going to be about six minutes. The, you know, the road is clear, even though she kind of lied because there was a, some construction <laughs> going on, so it took us about eight minutes. But anyway, we get there, and, you know, we're pretty... Because we've gone for so long, the waiters and the waitresses come to our table and they're hugging us and we're kissing them and, you know, hi and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, and the new people that are being trained, they get introduced to us. And this is, you know, Pastor Ron and, and Paula and they come here Thursday and Saturday, you know, because mom doesn't know how to cook. No. Um, <laughs> and so they're just, I don't know, real friendly. We're We're friendly. And so this other elderly couple that we passed coming in comes in and they sit next to us and just a cute just a little cute couple you know and you said I think they're our age I said well I think maybe just a tad bit tad bit older than us and so I don't think you could hold yourself you know you just had to get up and go talk to them it was so sweet of you so (laughs) cute just, you went over and talked to them, and you you know the conversation. So well, take that. They, they they were they were an interracial couple. Yeah, white guy and a, a black woman, mm-hmm. and um, uh, he kind of nodded at me mm-hmm. when we walked in the place. Oh yeah, like brother brother. Yeah, <laughs> and, <laughs> and uh, so so they were sitting maybe eight ten feet away from us, and um, I so I just had to go over and talk to him, and I walked over the table and I said. Um, excuse me, this may sound strange, but I'm just curious. How long have you two been married? Uh-huh. And he looked at me and he said, well, may I ask why you want to know? Uh-huh. And I said, really, I'm just curious. Uh-huh. And then I pointed to you uh-huh. and I said, we've been together for 53 years. We just celebrated our 50th wedding anniversary this past year. Uh-huh. And, um, um, you know, it, it's a lot harder uh, being a mixed couple was a lot different then than it is now. Now it's no big deal at all. Everybody's used to it. But back then, I said to him, I said, it was a lot harder. And he looked at me and he said, it was illegal in 17 states. Yeah. Just like that. Mm-hmm. And he introduced himself. His name was Dale. Uh-huh. And it his is Dale. His, his, his name is Dale. Mm-hmm. And his wife's name was Tim, T-E-M. T-E-M. And she spelled it for us so mm-hmm. we knew. And so we just started talking to him. And uh, uh, and I said, he, he asked me the question, he said, so have you been in San Antonio your whole life? And I said, no, we've, uh, we, we, we've been here almost 28 years, yeah. um, but we came from Southern California. And he said, where? And I said, Pomona. <laughs> and he looked at me and he goes, she taught at Pomona High School. Yeah. And I said, I graduated from Pomona High School in 1969. And they both looked at each other and said, I don't think we were there in the 60s. Yeah. And I said, well, no, that would have been too long ago. But, but she was a teacher there in the 80s mm-hmm. at the school I graduated from. I'm just thinking, God, you put those people in my heart the minute I saw them. Mm-hmm. And it's such a small world in Christ. Yeah. And we were really able to start talking to him. And finally, I went over and said to him, um, uh, I gave him my card. Mm-hmm. Uh, you gave me a card. You, you're, you're like my agent. Yeah. So I gave him a card, and I just said, you know what? I just want you to know, if you need anything, 
If there's any way at all that we can help you, this is who I am. This is how you can get a hold of me. And all you got to do is ask. Say mm-hmm. you're the person for the bank account. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, they were they were genuinely moved. Mm-hmm. And it was really we we got to talk to them a little bit more mm-hmm. and talk to them again at the end. Mm-hmm. And somebody in the restaurant was watching, evidently. Um, because it was unusual to see us up at, at other people's table. But um, our waitress, we had the same waitress they did at their table, mm-hmm. and she came in, and, you know, it's Texas, so she said, if somebody paid for both y'all's bills. <laughs> yeah. Both y'all. Yeah. All y'all. All y'all. Both yeah. y'all. Yeah. Y'all too. <laughs> I had somebody say, y'all too. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> and I said, we are really in Texas. But we said, oh, that's great. And then one of the other waitresses, one of the servers that we, we are very close to there, she said, oh, the people were so blessed. They said that your love was just inspiring, and they just wanted to pay for both of your meals. Mm-hmm. And and it was just a neat time. And we got to meet Dale and Tim. Yeah. And um, that's just the kind of doors that God opens. And they were just the sweetest people in the world. Mm-hmm. We're always happy if we meet somebody older than us. Yeah, yeah. Because there just aren't many left. Even if it's just one year. Yeah. Just, just yeah. give me somebody one year older than me. That's all I'm asking. But it was really great. <laughs> and then it was, she was so funny because at the end when we went, we went to say goodbye to him on their way out. Uh, and she said, she said, uh, do you do three yeah. services uh, on Sunday? Yeah. And I said, yeah. She said three and held her fingers <laughs> up like three. And I said, yeah. And she goes, oh. Are you a celebrity or something? Yeah, I said, yeah. oh, no, no, no. I'm the farthest thing from a celebrity. Yeah. But I am the richest man in the world. God lets me do these things, and we get to meet people like you. Mm-hmm. So it was just really a, a neat neat morning yeah. when you uh, give God a chance to do stuff. He always does it. Mm-hmm. And we were the ones blessed to meet we them were. today. I, I was sitting there. I, I started to tell you, babe, I'm getting ready to cry, you know, because here we go over there to bless people and don't expect and and sometimes we'll see people that we actually know. We have no idea who this this person was. You know, we go looking to bless people, and we we get blessed like that. You know, not looking for anything. Mm-hmm. Like when you did the study the other day, Paul was astounded by their generosity. That was one of those moments for me today. Was what? Yeah. Just they, just they noticed the love. There's always somebody that you can minister to or be ministered to by them. Mm-hmm. And and all we have to do is be looking for those those opportunities. Yeah. And then, then we see Josh and Elijah, you know, come in. And um, it, that was really sweet to see. The, we knew them. Um, we got to say hi to them. And then Elijah did come by the house and take down the one <laughs> string of Christmas lights. Thank you, Elijah. I love you They probably you won't and your come family. by anymore because you put them to work. No. Hey, just... since you're here, we can... <laughs> I'm too short. I can't get up there and get <laughs> It's just a, a really, really good day. Uh, yeah. Paul, let's go to Reuben on line one. He's been holding a while. Reuben, thanks for being patient. You're on the air. God bless you, Pastor Ron and Mama Paula. Hi, you sweetie. Hi. You know. Uh-oh, because I can't hear you, baby. And then, you can't, can you hear me? Okay, well, now we now can. Now we can, but you cut out for a minute. Okay, you can hear me? Yes, yes. start over. Okay, now I just wanted, y'all were talking about blessings and how y'all could be a blessing. Just want to say this real quick. Just listening to the story that y'all just told blessed me. And <laughs> hearing hearing, hearing uh, Mama Paula just laugh, it, you just, you know, because... Uh, I was I was missing my mom today, mm. and I was feeling kind of sad. And I said, "Lord, I don't want to feel sad because I know where she's at, and she wouldn't want me to feel sad. So, so just let me feel a little joy." And then the calling you and then being on hold was a blessing because <laughs> it went away, and I have the joy of the Lord again. Just just listening to how somebody blessed y'all, and then y'all talking about it blessed me. So. We 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 don't know how God is going to use somebody else to bless us, you know. And the question that I have had nothing to do with death or anything, you know. This is something I just deal with because you know I love my mama, and her birthday is coming up in April, mm-hmm. and then in April is a it's going to be the one year anniversary of her passing. So you know, I just said, Lord, I know where she's at, rejoicing. But I wanted to say that, so it just it's a blessing to hear that. And, and let me and let me let I'll, me say, Reuben, that that 
uh, while you miss her and that's a good thing, it's understandable, she's not missing you at all. No. <laughs> that probably made him feel a lot better, babe. I mean, did you really? <laughs> no, I mean, she's just in absolute yeah. perfection. She's so. just in bliss. Exactly. Yeah, she was that's good. Exactly. <laughs> I know, and see, that's what makes me happy. I mean, yeah, I know, and, and see, and I know that, and I know that, and she ain't even thinking about me because she, she's up there dancing with Jesus, and because and she was a singer and a musician as well. And mm-hmm. I said, Lord, she's probably got a mariachi up there, you know, <laughs> put together, and, <laughs> you know, but... Praise the Lord, anyways. But uh, my goodness, I, I, I wish I, I had your musical DNA. <laughs> well, she, yeah, we, there's, there's quite a few in my family. Yep. I'm, I'm just the one that used it more, more, um, more than anyone else. You know, I, I still use it today. You know, still writing songs and still praising the Lord every day. Good for and you. Praise God because that's what gets me through the day. But um, I have a quick question for you. The armor of God, you know, I, I put that on every single day. Uh, I even put it on at night, you know, and because that's what Ephesians 6 tells us. You know, we have to put on the armor of God every single day. Uh, my question is, just really quick, do you have a teaching specifically on the armor of God in your archives? And if so, do you happen to remember, you know, what number it is so I can go look it up and listen to it? Yeah, Ruben, I have a, an extensive one. And in fact, I think it took me two separate studies to get through it. So just go to uh, calvaryessay.com, go to Ephesians, um, the, the, the archive studies. And when you get to chapter six, um, um, there'll be the the listing. And, and probably my notes are there also. So if you want to know which particular studies they are, just kind of hit the notes. But I went pretty slowly through them. Yeah, I think it was more than... M- maybe more than two studies, uh-huh, you think? Uh-huh. And um, I, I, I tried to go through them very extensively. So um, uh, enjoy. I, I pray that they are a blessing to you, my friend. Exactly what I wanted. Something extensive on each particular part of the armor of God. Yep. Thank you, sir. God bless you both. I love you. Just one quick question. Mama Paula, did you see my picture? I have not. You did? You haven't? Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. I can't believe you didn't share it with me, baby. (laughs) Tom had it. Uh, No, not Tom. uh, Oh, I can't remember his name. Steve. I think Steve. Oh, oh, yeah. Steve Steve had it. Uh He sent it. I didn't get it. Okay. Well, I'll make sure she sees it, Ruben. Mm-hmm. I told okay. you you were much better looking than we thought. <laughs> I heard him say that on the radio the other day. Yeah, talking yeah to that's what he said. That's yeah, right. that's what he said. Well, Thank but, you, Ruben. You know, God bless. What's your mom's name? Lupe. Lupe. Okay. Well, you know, Lupe. when I go to heaven, I'm going to the Spanish-speaking section. I've been practicing, you know. And so, <laughs> go ahead. I'm going to be able to. Go ahead. She's the one that's going to have a tambourine in her hand and probably a mariachi around her. I don't know. Okay, okay. I've got to correct you, Ruben. Oh, no, no. I, I don't try to correct you, but tambourines will not be allowed in heaven. Okay. 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 Other than that, that. Okay. God bless you. Take care. Uh, Paula, we're running about three minutes. You want to take Ola's question now, or do you want to wait till oh, the yeah, end of the break? Let's get Ola's question. Okay, go ahead. Oh, okay. Oh, shoot. Here we go. What's this say? It says... Um, this one is for Pastor Ron. There are so many prayer ministries out there like this, and she has a, a finger pointing up to, um, it's really a kind of a wild, the guy is African, um, not that that's a bad thing, but the message that he's um, proclaiming isn't isn't great. He, she says, I'm confused about their legitimacy, and then she trusts your judgment. Okay, and what did you say was on the stage? Looks like just piles and piles of like financial statements or prayer requests. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ola, I listened to that um, the the blurb that you sent me, and uh, that is charismatic prosperity nonsense. There's no legitimacy at all. That was a completely out of control church. Um, people all speaking in tongues at the same time and running around. It, it, it just completely out of control. And there's, there's, there's no legitimacy at all. Uh, a lot of spitting and sweating. 
um, um, a lot of noise, but nothing. Of that empty really, promises. Huh? Yeah, empty promises, false hope. So it, it just your that's your your spirit of discernment that's kicking up. Uh, just don't get trapped by those. And you're right. Unfortunately, there is an awful lot of those kind of ministries out there. And um, uh, boy, Jesus is uh, you know Jesus wept a couple of times in our New Testament. Well, here's another time where he's weeping because there are people who are being taken in by that nonsense. So these are not legitimate at all. I have no axe to grind. I don't know the man uh, in the in the, the video. Um, but that kind of out-of-control um, worship service is not worship at all. That's all flesh, just flesh, 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 and do your best to stay away from it. Yeah. Well, Paula, now we're inside just uh, inside a minute for this half of the program. So uh, I don't know if you're listening, Dale and Tim, but thank you for this morning. You guys made our our day, mm-hmm. and uh, it was wonderful to meet you. And I want to thank you for your courage. It was uh, a lot different, like I said, 50 years ago to be a mixed couple yeah. than it is today. Yeah. And um, not a lot of us hung in there. <laughs> Thank yep. you for hanging in with me, Paula. It was my pleasure and my my duty. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus you, said. Just call me obligation. Huh? Yeah. Hey, we've got 30 <laughs> minutes left in the date day show. 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. We'll be back in two minutes. Back to the word to stand on for life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the second half of our date day show. It's Thursday, 340-9585 or toll free 877-630-KSLR. Ruben, I'm glad you said you like detail because we checked during the break how many studies I did on the armor of God, and my producer tells me it was eight. So there's eight studies. I went through them one by one, literally gave a whole study to each piece of the armor. Uh, And so um, my only explanation, Ruben, is I talk too much. But but I hope you enjoy them. I hope they are a blessing to you uh, as well. Paula, you better start talking because... No. You're good, babe. That's why God called you. I talk a lot, but, you know, I don't need to talk a lot. (laughs) Anyway, so this revival thing, and it's still going, right? Yeah, in fact, today it was absolutely wall-to-wall. This is the last day in the facility they have in Asbury. But it was wall-to-wall, line a mile long, um, people standing out in the cold. Um, but to, to tomorrow, um, they've got to find some other, there, there's another venue. I don't know where, how far, I don't know any of those details. I don't know that they've even been released yet, Okay. but, um, God's, God's still moving and we need to keep praying. Mm-hmm. Well, yesterday on the radio program, um, when you were talking, I think it was the very first, yeah, very first, um, caller, Chuck, uh, I, I was reminded of a study that you said, I don't know how long ago or where it was or anything, but come and see and then go and tell. And so, you know, we can go and see and sit and worship and all that's great. But I could hear in your voice saying, okay, now it's time to get up and let's go. You know, it's not a commune. It's you've repented, you've. You've done what you need to do. You know God is real. Either you just got saved or you've been um, relit. Basically, your your zeal is it's like, yes, this is what it's it's like. It's the, mm-hmm. like kindness yeah, the, surrounding The revival us. is waking the church up. And, and we get cold or lethargic or lukewarm. Um, and and uh, the spirit moves, and all these people were instantly reconnected to the the source of power. And um, God was pleased to hear their repentance and pleased to hear their worship. But I think one of the the things that we've got to understand: revival is designed to bring what I call an awakening. 
And that's where people get saved. That's that's why God is reviving the church, so they'll get out and do the work. There's a commercial on TV that you've been laughing at every time. It's like a little boy who's like one of those oh, yeah. <laughs> dolls. When he can't go somewhere, we yeah. don't have that program, and he just deflates. Yeah, he deflates yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Well, the church is like that deflated little boy. Okay. And God just filled us up again, and now it's time to go and tell others. There's... There's no real value. Now, the, the, the experience is wonderful, so I'm not diminishing the experience. But the purpose of the revival is to send people out with their original marching instructions, go out and make disciples of all nations, um, teaching them to obey everything that I've said. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's what's happening, at least I hope what's going to happen, as, as circumstances are sort of forcing them out of a building. Revival can't be contained in a building, Mm-mm. and uh, at some point you gotta you gotta pour out in the streets. I've used an example before: a little boy who was listening to his father try to explain the Holy Spirit, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and um, uh, the the father was saying to his son that um, the, the Holy Spirit lives in you. It's another Jesus. Not not Jesus who was here walking on earth, but the same Jesus in a different form. Instead of being with you, he now lives in you. That's mm-hmm. Almighty God who lives in you. Mm-hmm. And the little boy had this confused look on his face. And then he lit up and he said, I think I have it. And the father said, you do? And he said, yeah. If God lives in you, but he's so big that he can be everywhere, but now he lives in us, well, pretty soon he's got to come bursting from us. Yeah. And that's what a revival is supposed to accomplish. Um now they got to go out and tell people. Now they got to go out and change things. Change, their lives have changed. Now they got to go out and let other people know that their lives can change as well. So it's it's now God putting us to work. This is really important. We got to be at work. Use the energy. Use the power that we're reconnected to to go out and tell people about Jesus and make this world. A better place. Now, that doesn't mean that we're going to fix all the social ills. It doesn't mean that we're going to get the right political candidates to be elected. What it means is that we're going to provide hope for the hopeless. We're going to we're going to bring good news to a world that's saturated with bad news. Mm. And Paula, that's what I'm hoping this revival will accomplish. Now that circumstances sort of force them outside the building walls. You know, God doesn't have to be met in a building. What did Solomon say? You don't live in a temple built by human hands. We know better than that. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's time to go out and introduce this Jesus who lives everywhere to the people who are really the lost, the hurting, the hungry, the broken, the needy, the confused, the fearful, and the angry. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm hoping, and we need to be praying. And then yesterday, of course, you heard on the program, I had somebody else send a couple of clips or pictures from um, a, a revival breaking out in at Texas A&M and another one at Baylor. Baylor. So we just need to be in prayer that God would do that and, and bless those places, bless those people, Lord. But Jesus, you can come to San Antonio too. That's what we want. Mm-hmm. We want revival right here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you are saying that the way revival begins, it can't happen until, again, we rid ourselves of sin forcefully. You know, and the Lord will show it. Now, that means... We're not going to, all of our sins are not going to go away and we're going to be perfect. We know that. But he's going to reveal those things that are hindering and we get the opportunity to repent today. And if we mess up later today, tomorrow, we get to, but we are aware of it. And it's like, Lord, please help me instead of just sashaying through life thinking we're okay. You know, um, I listened to the study again at home yesterday. I know I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sick woman because <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for all three Sunday services, um, three Sunday services. And yet I said, you know, I mean, I was convicted and encouraged all three services and they were all three different people who don't come to all three services. They're getting ripped off. So <laughs> anyway, so I, I listened to it again yesterday, day before yesterday. And I took more notes, my own personal notes. Am I listening to conviction? Because, you know, I love conviction. Because that tells me that God the Father is still talking to me, you know. And I also love conviction because I don't really, for the most part, try to run away from it. I I do this a lot. Oh, man. 
you know, like Paul, the thing I want to do, I don't do. The thing I don't want to do, I keep on doing. But then I'm really thankful that the Lord condemns sin and sinful man. He doesn't condemn the sinful man. So, so am I listening to conviction, experiencing his presence? So I take a minute, you know, am I? Am I really listening to conviction? Because listening to conviction requires action. Um, it's not just hearing, okay, you got this issue, and then you you did a, a picture of putting our hands up and keeping Jesus at a distance because he makes us uncomfortable. Well, mm-hmm. conviction makes us uncomfortable. And so I had to, do I really, am I really listening to conviction experiencing his presence? Because when his presence is there, you know, that means we've dealt with it and we can move on, he and I together. And then, so my my thing was, okay, Lord, wash me and then fill me. And he says, you've already been clean, but your, your feet get dirty. And sometimes we walk backwards into our old pattern of behavior. And he says, let's start again. I love we can start again. And then fill me and then light my Come on, Jesus, light my fire, you know, my zeal for the Lord. <laughs> I know, it just came to me. I saw my I saw my writing, and I was like, ooh. Anyway, I know I'm crazy. But anyway, wash me, fill me, and, and light me up again for you, Lord. Don't let me grow complacent. Um, and he's just um, been putting people on my heart again that I haven't seen in a while, you know. But he never lets them leave my my mind or my heart. He goes, okay, reach out to them again. And then it's like I could say this. They, they're not listening. They've been not listening for a really long time. We didn't have that discussion. He just said, reach out to them, and I just did it. And so it's up to him. I have no nothing back or anything like that. And then you went on. You said, you know, being in his presence, he will give you the heavenly perspective because I have a worldly perspective. I have my own perspective. <laughs> I know what I see. I know how I feel, you know, kind of a thing. But the Lord's like, let me give you a heavenly perspective. And so I have to be still a little bit longer and let him change how I think or what I feel. And so we're still working there. You know, I <laughs> don't have that one yet. And then you said, we've got to know that we're not okay, but we want to be. That I got. I know I'm not okay, um, but I want to be. Uh, and then you said uh, what's happened at Asbury when you read the the three statements from the <clears throat> excuse me the pastors. You said that anxieties, worries, and fears at Asbury are being cured, mm-hmm. not just talked about, not just confessed, but being cured. Yeah. People are going in sick and they're coming out whole. And that's what revival does. It, it focuses us back on the person of Jesus Christ. We're, we're forced to confront the empty tomb and the power that raised him from the dead living in us. And, and uh, people are going there and being made well. And now what they do with that, that wellness is um, between them and the Lord. And, and what we're doing, of course, is hoping that it'll hit the streets of of Asbury, Kentucky, and all of the other places where this kind of stuff is is happening. Yeah. You said, you know, when when the Lord tells us to do something, Acts 5.32, he gives the Holy Spirit to those who obey. Well, then you said this question to all of us. Am I willing to let God change my perspective? You know, what are you willing to give up? Um, to let him turn your world upside down just to be touched by him. That scared me. Yeah. It scares everybody. You know, I think my single biggest frustration uh, as a pastor is just somebody who loves the Lord um, are the people that come to church, hear a message, the Spirit of God we know is faithful to speak to their hearts, but they allow themselves to leave the building unchanged. And then they hit that door. I always say that there's something on the other side of that door. It's like a, a it sucks all of the Jesus that you just heard out of you. Uh, and and then we just sort of hit that door, hit the parking lot, 
and it's life is normal. Yeah. And that is the single greatest enemy of Christian fruit. Uh, things can't be normal. We're not okay in our flesh. Mm-hmm. And all the things that we want to do, I asked the church on that Sunday, Paula, do they really believe when Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these other things will be added unto you. Do you really believe that what he has for you is better than anything you have for yourself? And and that faith is necessary if, in fact, um, we're going to let go of things that make us comfortable. Uh, we, we have to have, there's no revival if there's anything or anyone in your life that matters to you more than Jesus. There's no revival. It's not possible because God will not take a second position. Including ourselves. That's why I'm saying that scares people scared me you know um and what if it what if he has to touch my health uh what if he has to touch um my comfort zone is that okay i mean i i remember living in our other house and you know even here we had said um when we thought we were going to be um what am i trying to say evicted from this building, um, okay, we'll just have 17 services at our house. Uh, what if we get evicted from that house, you know? Oh, man. Where are going to go, kind of a thing. And I, like I tell you all the time, are you, I'm a <gasps> first, and then I think, <laughs> and the Lord's like, don't you believe I have you? Don't you believe that mm-hmm. I'll take care of you? Don't you believe that... I will never leave you or forsake you. I will be with you until the end of the age. But I forget that. Well, but see, here's the thing now. And, and um, you know, it's easy when you're going, well, what if God touches this or what if he touches it? And he hasn't yet. Yeah. And you passed those tests yeah. all those years ago when we were in those tests. So I always say we can't spend grace that God hasn't yeah. given yet. You always tell me yeah. that. And but I'm, but the, the idea is God taught us those lessons um, so even to go, I mean, that's the enemy. What if he touches your health? Um, you know, if he's, that's not him doing it. If I get sick, I get sick. But um, I've passed those tests, Lord, because, you, because you're faithful. Not because I am, mm-hmm. but because you're faithful. And that always gets us to cross over in that place where we think, well, well I'd be faithful. Yeah. See, Remember, yeah. when we're faithless, he's, he's faithful. faithful. And we need desperately to mm-hmm. remember that. Mm-hmm. You know, Paula, we had a, uh, you want to say? That, that anxieties, worries, and fears yeah. of people were being cured. Yes, cured. Yeah, cured of them. And so that's, that was my big note on when I was listening to this, the Sunday's message, because I had to ask myself that question, because I keep questioning myself. Yeah. But that's putting my insecurity over God's security, and I'm only saying all of this because I know there's a lot of people out there kind of like your pastor's wife. Well, you know, we've, we've got to, to decide, do we really believe the promises of the word? And uh, you know what? The, the Lord has the, been with are, me yeah. every single time. Yeah, he's never failed. Never once. And, um, you know, it's when we start, well, what about and what if and mm-hmm. but, Lord, those kind of things. Uh, th- this fits nicely. I was going to talk. We, we, we talked to a young woman today who um, has always been talking about her husband. And, you know, and so we're, you made the comment said, well, you and your husband, you and and she says, well, you know, we're Texas married. And and I said, well, what does that mean? Well, we're, we're not really married. And she went on to explain that, well, you know, uh, my son from another, uh, my husband now is not a biological father, but but uh, um, I, I need Medicaid or whatever it was for the kids, mm-hmm. um, and and it's the only way that that um, I can be sure that he's taken care of. She said that he'd been to the doctor three times and things expensive, and without that, she just she she just wouldn't be able to survive. And and three times, and she kind of talked over me um, the first two times. She stopped talking the third time. But I just said, um, Jesus is better. Jesus won't let you down. You're selling Jesus out for insurance money. Do you not believe that Jesus has more for you? Well, I know, no, Jesus is better. 
Jesus, will be, he'll be way worth it. But you've got to put yourself in a position where he can bless you, where he can he can bless the relationship. And <laughs> like you, as you said, you know what he does, don't you? Mm-hmm. And of course, she knows I'm a pastor. Yeah, yeah. And the idea is, I can marry him in a minute. Go get a license. I'll marry you and put this relationship that is now outside of the blessing of God. God cannot bless a sinful relationship. To say, Jesus, I'm going to trust you with my son's health and with his medical condition and with this man that I've been living with for a very long time. And um, I'm going to trust you. Jesus is way worth it. And the problem, of course, is she doesn't know him. Um, She says she believes. She also, and this is a blessing, her father, who is a Christian, has been telling her the same thing. That's what he said. He said he loves you. That's why. But the idea is, until you really know that God is trustworthy, you're not going to trust him. And that's where the devil wants to keep people, in that place where, well, at least if I'm worrying about the things I'm scared of or the things I'm anxious about, um, you know, I'll come up with some sort of a solution. You never can. Mm -mm. You never can. We've got to trust the one who's demonstrated beyond any doubt that he loves you and he alone has the ability to provide. And, and that's, what real, that's what revival is designed to do. And we live in a very comfortable Christian culture here in the United States. And we like comfort. We like goosebumps. We like feeling good. We like a good show, a big event. We like all of that because it makes us feel like we're a part of something. And Jesus is sort of standing on the outside and said, hey, I'm here. How about, how about letting me be a part of your life? How about giving control of your life to me? And I'll take you places you've never dreamed possible. And, and if you don't really know him well, you're not able to say yes to that because it's scary. Mm-hmm. And you got to keep putting your foot on the water. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's one of those things where, like I said, I go, <gasps> and then it's like, okay, Jesus, you said you would never leave me or forsake me. And it seems like sometimes, you know, I, I used to be a cheerleader. So it seems like a lot of times I'm cheerleading myself on, you know, because I'm remembering that he's never left me. He's always been there for me. And I have to say, Oh, yeah. Sorry, Jesus, I forgot for a minute. I'm like Pastor Lane every <laughs> That's Sunday. That's one of those dumb moments. Yeah. He says, oh, Lord, forgive us when we forget. Forgive us when we forget. And I'm like, amen, Pastor Lane. I, I forget quite often, and I have to remind myself, he has always been there for me. Always. So I, I think I'm getting cheered, Pastor. I know I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> Well, like I said, that's what revival is all yeah, about. Yeah. Paula, we're now just a little over four minutes left for the program. This gun has flown by. It has. I'm just so, talking too much. So now figure out what's important because you've got four minutes. Okay. So um, I love yesterday's study as well, last night's study, where because it's all about the revival right now, you know. <laughs> um, this is how revival happens. Uh we don't need to be Bible scholars. And I was like, woo, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. You know, I know, I know some and I try, but I don't call myself a Bible scholar. There, there's no way I'm giving that title. But um, we need to allow the Holy Spirit to convict and teach us what it means for me. And so, um, and then the accountability that we have to living what we know. So that's that yeah. was really good. I don't jo- have to Josiah was a little boy, eight years old when he became king. He started to seek the Lord. Then God put on his heart to 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 repair the temple, and the word of God was found in the house of God. What that means is that for all those years and through all those evil kings, the word of God, the thing that can cure, mm-hmm. was lost in the house of God. And that's so important because we live in a time where the word of God is lost in what is supposed to be or professes to be the houses of God even now. Our Bible's not taught. We got these huge mega churches where we got people telling neat stories and having great lighting effects and and big worship bands. It's a, it's a great experience, but the word's not being taught. We've got others who've decided, well, I don't like this, I don't like this, so they tear that page out of their Bibles because they don't want to deal with sin. Mm-hmm. And I said last night that apart from the word and apart from dealing with sin, there can't be any possibility of revival. Josiah, when he heard the word read to him, Remember this, a little boy who became king grew up when he was 26 years old. The word was read to him 
and it undid him. He tore his robes, and the result of that was sort of a New Testament ministry. Uh, Israel was still going to get judged. The prophet has said, God's word will stand. Mm -hmm. We will be judged. But because you humbled yourself, Mm -hmm. you'll have peace in your lifetime. And in his lifetime, um, multiplied tens of thousands of individuals. And this is an Old Testament uh, story, but but we would understand as New Testament Christians, they got saved because of the leadership of a man who stood up and said, this is the way it's going to be done. Mm -hmm. You have no choice. Yeah. I love what you said. He went to the prophetess. That's the seamstress. <laughs> he had to humble himself. <laughs> There's no revival without humility either. Yeah, yeah. So we have to, you know, confess, repent of our sins, and humble ourselves. Not just, well, first, of course, before the Lord, but for other people. You know, if you have to um, apologize, go apologize. If you, if you need, you need to, to make... If you need to forgive someone, do it. Yeah, if you need to forgive someone, go do that right away. And then... It got really quiet because last night um, you said, okay, to the men, to the fathers, to the husbands, uh, let me talk to you. And we had in the the last pastor discipleship class, it was um, Nigel said, we get it hard here. (laughs) (laughs) And my word is, it's it's like Swiss cheese. You're going to get hit with some pretty good bullets as far as it's going to put holes in how we, what we believe. And it's hard to come to Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, if you're not serious. And that's what you've been saying. It's time to get serious about our walks. Mm. That's what should be in every church. Yeah. To go to church, because that's what Christians do, is to miss the point. We are the church. Yeah. And we got to go to get right with God, to stay right with God, and serve the Lord. Tomorrow, Pastor Ken Cruzado will be on the air in my place. I'll be in Northern California. Pray for my pilot. May the Lord bless you and keep you. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.